awesome. Hello, everyone. Well, welcome to our season two of the podcast. In this season, we've been talking about all things sharing Jesus confidently. And during this season, we have a number of different guests joining us to discuss what that looks like in our lives, testimonies of what God has done, and how we can apply that to our everyday life. And in today's episode, we're going to be talking about the Father's heart for people. And I have a special guest with me to talk more about this. And for the first time, we want to welcome Pastor Ben Fitzgerald. Thank you so much for being a part it's of the wonderful podcast. Wonderful to be here with you. Oh, we're so excited to have you here. Yes, me and too. I'm really excited yeah. just to unpack some of these things around the Father's heart for the lost. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I've I've looked at uh, your your um your ministry and the space of awakening and yeah. just seeing what God is doing and follow you on Instagram and just just seeing the spaces in which Jesus is using you <laughs> to reach people. And I yeah. just love it. Yeah. I love seeing the raw, authentic nature of Jesus coming through your life and just impacting so many people. Um, so today what we're going to do is we're going to start off and just ask a couple of really random questions <laughs> just to lighten it up a little nice, bit. Nice. And then we're going to jump straight into the That's content. So yeah. a couple of random questions. Mm-hmm. Favorite food? Oh, I can't go past Asian. Oh, I can't beat curry laksa. I love it. I, I'm even trying to cook it these days. Which is, wow. Okay. So I'm, be- I'm becoming I what that. I love now. Yeah, yeah. You know? Okay. So, All yeah, right. I love awesome. curry laksa. That's good. All right. Favorite worship song? Oh, that's a. How can you answer that one? I mean, anyone watching or listening to this podcast, like I'll give them a hundred bucks if they can find their favorite. I mean, too many, I would say least top five would be one called Jesus All for Jesus, which is by Robin Mark. It's in a, um, an album I encourage everyone to get called Revival in Belfast. Come on. But you would know it if I sung it. I'm not going to sing it here for you. I'm not sure that um, that, uh, that would ruin the moment for those who hear it later. So. Yeah, well, yeah. I won't bless you with anything <laughs> further than that either. Yeah. 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 Great. All right. And what was, well, what is your favorite old school preacher? Mm. I listen to a lot of Billy Graham. Yes. And, you know, because they have all these audio on YouTube. Yep. Um, also love Major Ian Thomas. Uh-huh. Uh, he started the Torchbearers Movement. Okay. And, yep. Uh, again, a preacher of the gospel. Come on. Um, and I'd say probably one more. Yeah, I think I love Spurgeon. Yes. I'm not a Calvinist, but I love him yep. and I love his teachings. And, yes. Um, they have audio recordings of his books, yep. so I listen to them a lot. Come on. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. I actually have a couple of old school Charles Spurgeon books that I picked up from the yeah. book depository that got sent out from the UK, like oh, yeah. just some real old school ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I love them. Yeah, they're the the old school English. Yes, <laughs> like yes. You've got to really concentrate, but For like sure. <laughs> just incredible. He was radical. Yeah, he was. He yeah. really was. Yeah. And interestingly enough, Billy Graham. Um, you've been to the Billy Graham Library before? Never been there. It was, it's a dream mind to go. Yeah, wow. Yeah. I went there back in 2008. So obviously mm. Billy Graham was still alive at that point. Yeah. Um, but one of the most profound experiences <laughs> I'd ever had. Yeah. I actually had one of my friends. We went over there with my – I had a foster boy at the time okay. and my two housemates. And my friend said to me, she's like, hey, listen, we should go to the Billy Graham library. I'm like, well, I don't want to go to the library for. <laughs> I don't want to go to a library. Like yeah. I was not interested in going to Did a library. Did you think it would be like a library library? Yeah, like I thought it was going to be wall. like a book and it was just named Billy Graham. You <laughs> yeah, know, yeah, like yeah. I was like, this is ridiculous. Yeah. Anyway, so we rocked up and I was just appeasing, you know, the nature of like, yeah, uh-huh. let's do it. You know, they had no idea what I was walking into. Uh-huh. And I, as soon as my feet hit the property, the presence of God hit me. Wow. 
and I literally just welled up with tears. Wow. And I was so overwhelmed and I could not articulate. I was like, yeah. what is actually happening here? Like, wow. this is a significant moment. Yeah. And my housemate looked at me and she could see that obviously something was happening. And she yeah. was like, hey, let, I'll take Justin and, you know, we'll go in and yeah, yeah. we'll go in. And I just went and sat out in the, uh, out in the garden on this chair. And I just was wrecked. <laughs> wow. And I hadn't even gone into the library at this point. Like there's a museum for <laughs> those who are, who are watching God. and listening. Yeah. The presence of God. And wow. just and I think that the, the nature of the gift and the grace of evangelism, evangelism on evangelism, you yeah, know, yeah. and you walk in and I was like, whoa. And just the weight that came with it was amazing. Yes. But if you do get a chance to, to duck over there, it's... Well, I think you just convinced me. Oh, so. <laughs> it was a game changer. Yeah, I've seen that cross, you know, the entranceway. Yeah. I'm like, wow, this place... It looks phenomenal. I've yeah. looked into a few pictures and things. So. Yeah, yeah. But I think we need to preserve the history so people Come like on. us can go there and go, yes, God did it through that person. He can do it through me. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. 100%. Yeah. And because then when you move through the library, you see all the, the photos and the, and the video footage mm. and the old school clips of him preaching and all the different things. Yeah. And I just, it, I mean, it was definitely not a library with books. You know, <laughs> it was an experience and uh, I was blown away. It was Come pretty on. amazing. But, um, and I guess I feel like even just having you here today for me, it, it feels like such um, oh, such a, a collision with grace, such a collision yeah. with what God's actually doing in this space. Yes. And I never want to take these moments for granted. Amen. And yeah. I just honor you. I honor the gift that you oh, are to the body you. of Christ. Thanks so much. I honor what you're doing in Europe mm. in awakening. You love Jesus so passionately. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I mean, aren't we all? But yeah. you 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 are you radiate it. We've had coffee before and we've yeah, met remember, and had yeah. conversations yeah, and yeah. gone across the road and she radiates it too. Yeah. Big time. <laughs> yeah. But like for me, I just sit back and I go, Wow, you are the real deal. Thanks. And I love that because it's 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 not just a platform ministry. It's who you are. I've seen you walk on the street. I've seen you walk up to someone and say, "Oh, just excuse me for a second. Yeah. Hey, man, G- Jesus loves you." Yeah. And just <laughs> unpack, you know. And and I, yeah. I I love that. I just me it gets me gets me really <laughs> come on messed up. Okay. Well, right. What else are we alive for? Well, exactly. Right. I can't keep him to myself, can I? Uh, no. I mean, exa- none well. of us should be. We should give our, ourselves to people because that's yeah. what happened with us. I'm sure both of us were saved yeah. through somebody praying or somebody saying yes yeah. to the call of God and seeing the heart of God for our individual life. Yeah. And that's why we've got to do this. Every yep. Christian gets to do this. What a privilege. Yeah, come on. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the that's the privilege we have in this space, isn't it? Yeah. Like, oh sure. mate. Every believer has the opportunity to yes. engage. Yes. It's not for the select few. No. And uh, yeah. Okay. All right. So first question. <laughs> there obviously might be people here listening today that yeah. don't actually know your story. Okay. And I know you've unpacked your story with me previously and, yeah. and, and probably many other platforms you've been able to do yeah. that with. But yeah. today for our guests, could you just in a couple of minutes, just tell us, you know, your story, where it started yeah. when you, before you met Christ, when you met Christ yeah. and after you met Christ? Yeah, I can. I, I can do it quickly nowadays because <laughs> I've been, I've done it many, many times, but I never get tired of telling this, yeah. the, the moment that I met the Lord. So what happened to me was I had a Christian family. I was brought up in, in Geelong, Victoria. Mm-hmm. And uh, so if you're listening, you're probably Australian. If you're listening, if you're not international, it's a really beautiful place. But uh, I was there in Geelong and I believed in God. My dad was a golf pro professional. Wow. And he felt to quit that. He felt to move to Africa to work with Reinhard Bonnke. Wow. And if you don't know Reinhard Bonnke and you're listening to this, I just encourage you to type that name into Google and you'll find out exactly yeah. what God can do with an individual laid down. Come on. And, uh, and so my dad was like, we need to go there. We need to move to Africa. He went there and to cut a very long story short, he had like a very bad mental breakdown. It was nothing to do with their ministry, but just the climate, some spiritual things there too. Wow. And he came home and um, 
after several years of battling a mental illness, sadly, when I was 10 years of age, I uh, walked into the house after going away one night with my family, mum and my sister and brother, just one evening. We left only one time in four and a half years. Wow. And, uh, and I came back into that house and I found my dad had committed suicide. So oh, after I found him, I just ran hard from God, you know. I believed in God as a kid and mm. I followed God and I prayed. I had faith and my dad would show me these kind of pull-out posters of, of Reinhard Bonnke in Africa. And um, I had faith, but I just lost it. I, I went into sin. So wow. So you mix sin with grief. You know, it's like yeah. a volatile cocktail. Like once you have darkness and pain plus the, the, the darkness and sin of every man has sin. So, um, yeah, I became so far against God, rebel, rebelling from God and ended up being a drug dealer. And then I had a praying mom, you know, tall as a drink of water, little bitty woman, yeah. but just full of God. And I was terrified of her. Yeah. I had all these friends that had tattoos on their head. I wasn't afraid of them. I was afraid of my mom. Yeah, wow. Because the demons in my life knew that she had more authority and power and, and I would avoid her like the plague, but wow. I'd hide drugs at the house. And so one time I went to hide drugs there and she got right in front of me and she said, I'm praying for you. I said, God told me you're going to preach around the world. You're going to travel for him. You're going to preach the gospel. And she goes, you'll tell masses of people about Jesus. And I screamed at her, the demons in me kind of kind of violent and, you know, and uh, I screamed and smashed things and everything. And three weeks later, I was in a nightclub in Geelong and it was like somebody lifted a veil off me. Wow. And I don't know any better way to say it than I begin to see how fake everything was. Like, why are we at an iClub at four in the morning rubbing up against someone I've never met? Why is there a guy, a girl that has to look this way? Her whole life is just about a physical mm. looks that that guy doesn't care at all about her. And why does someone need cocaine up their nose to feel better about their life? Yeah. All this stuff sort of started to snap in me, you know, click wow. in my thinking. So I went home. I threw the ecstasy I had out into the crowd, actually. And mm. I told my girlfriend who lived, who was working there, who lived with me, I said, I'm going home. I said, this is fake. And uh, she goes, what do you mean? I said, I don't know. But I had, I was like... I was, it was like I got kind of like afraid of how fake it was. And wow. I'm like, what am I doing here? I'm part of this too. Like, why, mm. am I, why am I like this? And for the first time, I'd say the mask over my life started to crack. And I came home around 4.15 in the morning with a cigarette in my hand, alone. I hated light. I didn't like lights. Wow. I turned all the lights off. I had the cigarette in my hand on my own. And in the left side of my lounge room, I felt this presence move into the left side of my lounge room. And I'm holding the cigarette. I'm sitting there by myself and I feel this presence come in the room. But it was kind of a, um, like a scary feeling, but not, not fear. But kind of like I knew immediately. I'm like, this is God, yeah. a spirit, you know. Yeah. And, um, and then inside me, I heard not outside, but inside, which shocked me more because I knew I was not a Christian at all. Like I knew I was mm. very sinful and I heard inside me Ben and Jesus started to speak and I heard his voice profoundly different to my own conscious voice. Voice. And people say that like, oh, maybe you heard yourself. I'm like, no, I heard him. I didn't hear myself say, you, you need to get milk tomorrow. It wasn't my conscience. Hmm. I heard the voice of the Lord and he spoke to me for one hour and I was able to talk back to him and I just broke down and, and I uh, had a cigarette. He never told me, put your cigarette out or I won't speak to you. It was like completely un unrestrained love, unreligious yeah. love, but piercing every bit of me. Mm. And very, um, when Jesus speaks, it, it, every bit of falsehood inside you, it's like it gets revealed, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and you feel them. false. You're like, I feel yeah. that's fake and that's real. And I knew how real his love was at that moment. And, um, and he told me, he said, you're going to speak around the world for me. And he said, you'll have a, a story like Paul's. And 
I, I knew about Paul, but I was 10, you know, like I didn't really know what Paul, mm-hmm. what that yeah. meant. You know, I thought like, Paul, you do that thing in Catholic church with, you know, I didn't really understand. <laughs> yep. So yep. Um, I started reading wow. scriptures like four, four hours a day. And from there I was, I was at it on the street every day. I knew what wow. to do. I read the Bible. I'm like, okay, they tell everyone about Jesus. That's what I'm going to do. And uh, so fast forward to here, um, I went through Bible college and things like that. Became a pastor at Bethel Church in Redding, California. Um, I was there for several years, nearly seven years. And then God called me to go preach the gospel in the continent of Europe. Wow. And I've been there for over six years now. And um, so far, we've seen well over 10,000 people born again. So, That's amazing. Yeah. That's and so incredible. It might sound small. you know. For, for, yeah. so, sorry to say this. Like, I don't want this answer to be too long. But people would think, well, 10,000 or 11,000. Actually, it's more now. It's nearly 12, it's 12,400. But they would say, oh, well, you know, 12,000. It's not that much, but in the context of Europe, like it's the massive. average church size is 40 people. Yep. And we have 2.4% of the whole continent following God. Uh-huh. So, you know, if you have a 300 people in your church, you have, you're considered like a mega church. Mega church, yeah. 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 So um, what we've seen in, in just a short period of time is quite remarkable. Yeah. How the hand of God is moving. So um, good. Yeah. And you know, what, what really grabs me about your story, Ben, is just the, the, the nature of a praying mom. Yes. Like... <laughs> Let that be an encouragement for someone today yeah. who's listening, who's got a son or a daughter that's wayward. Because yes. the prayers of a praying mom yes. never go unheard. That's right. And that's right. the nature of even how God interrupted your world. Yes. <laughs> she's prophesying over yeah, you. Yeah. She's praying over you yep. and speaking life over you. And, and just how yeah. God encountered you. Yes. Um, I just think that's such an encouragement for people today that are listening. Yes. Um, it's it's massive, and then you know for for your story, just the the reality of uh, you know a quick snapshot was like, yep, I went from here to there, but there's a lot of gaps in between in that space, you know, and oh, so totally. what were some of the profound moments that you can remember in that time before, maybe even before Bethel, but like as you're at Bethel, the prophetic words, the, the yes. things that were spoken over your life that really, yeah. um, you know, took you down that trajectory because you knew you had a God encounter. That's all you yep. need. But yeah. what were the things that God actually brought into your life to affirm some of those things? Well, the thing is, I took Christianity at its written serious. Like, I, I took it at its every, like we have all have models of like, let's follow that guy on Instagram or we follow a YouTube favorite preacher or something. But I took Christianity. I didn't have that then. Yeah. I just had my Bible. So I took it at, at, at its most base manuscript, which is the person of Jesus. So my training, so to speak, or sanctification came through whatever I saw in him and the disciples, mm-hmm. then I had to try and do that. So Come I'd on. go to the street and do that. So that was the process for me. No one saw that. There was no Insta story of that. It was just me and the Lord. Yeah. And, and I enjoyed it. And um, I was very technically dumb. You know, like I couldn't even operate a smartphone. I didn't want one. I didn't have one. For years, I'd never had one. I didn't have a Facebook till way later. And, yeah. um, <clears throat> and so the process and journey was just me looking for souls and looking yeah. for risk. And then finding people's books like Wigglesworth and all those kind of people yeah. and reading, oh, there's other people that, that are like that too, kind of crazy. And, <laughs> and, uh, and, and then I'd say that another major part of it all was that God started to show me like that because at the, and in the beginning I wasn't really understood. But then when I went to Bethel, I was like, wow, there's a community of people that believe in this. Yep. That it's not just like for one church or, or Christians who are kind of a bit more zealous. It's, mm-hmm. it's like everyone can be this way. Yep. And so I kind of got a, a, a rude but glorious awakening in the sense of like, well, we can teach this to everybody. It's not meant to make one person more radical than another yep. or just to be one kind of crazy soul winner. It's to really empower Come on. every person to yep. be free of the fear of man and just to live in, in, 
you know, that, that loving pursuit of, of someone who doesn't know Jesus. So yeah. the markers on the road for me were things like that, where God would say, can you love my church? Um, can, mm-hmm. you, can you accept that not every gift is like yours? Uh, can you encourage them where you're strong? And can you receive from them where you're weak? So good. And, uh, and yeah, and just being faithful. Honestly, it was just constant faithfulness to little, yep. little voice of the Lord moments, like that girl at the cashier at Come the on. counter. Talk to her when she leaves. Follow her out of the, the restaurant. Talk to that guy. You know, yep. just little faithful moments. Come on. That's so good. Yeah. Um, it's, it's interesting because I think often many believers will say, well, we just leave that to the evangelists. Yes. Or, now that's for the professionals. Yeah. You know, as such. Yeah, yeah. But when we think about Matthew 28 <laughs> and 19, it's go make disciples. Everyone, yeah. Not the evangelists. Yeah. Not just the professionals or the ministers of full-time ministry. Like, yeah. it's, it's everybody. Yes. Um. What would be some of your encouragement to those who may be apprehensive yeah. about stepping in to those spaces of sharing Jesus confidently? I think you have to look at why you wouldn't. Mm. Like, not why you would. Sometimes I think that everybody puts a hand up on a Sunday, runs the altar call and says, yes, God, use me. And then God's like, okay, it's Monday now. I'm at, you're at Seven Eleven. Now's the time, you know, I'm yep. going to answer your prayer. Yeah. Um, I think you have to look at what's holding you back. And, and the biggest thing that I think people struggle with of why they're apprehensive, there's two big things. It's the fear of man and busyness. Yep. Those two are the biggest ones I see. Yeah. So the fear of man would be, what's that person going to think of me? Which is ridiculous because, mm-hmm. I mean, who cares? Like they could think whatever they want to think of you. It lasts about five or 10 seconds. You might be like, oh, that hurt. But their soul is on the line. Like yeah. your, your Jesus loves you. Can I pray for you? Whatever. And they go, nah, mate, I don't want that or whatever. That, that could be the seed that turns them. I know so many stories like that yep. where people rejected at first and now they're following the Lord. Yeah. And, and so they didn't realize that their rejection was part of that piece, that puzzle piece. Yeah. Um, so fear of man. I think another big one is, is really busyness, like being distracted, even doing good things. But they know inside, like my sister is going to hell. I need to do something about this. Yep. But they don't start praying. And the enemy, I think, somehow brings this subtle sort of thing over people where mm-hmm. it's like it'll be left for somebody else. Yep. And so I encourage people, like if you're apprehensive, just start doing small things well. Start stepping out when he says, talk to that person. Your heart starts beating. If you get nervous, just push past it the first time, yep. second time. All of a sudden, you'll find you're, you're actually a lot less fearful of human opinion and the second thing would be if god says think about your sister think about your best friend who's unsaved just start daily praying for them come on bind them to the work of the cross of calvary yeah start going after them in prayer jesus save them touch their heart touch their life and uh, watch god begin to just open these doors where they start to share with you and yeah it's god does a really supernatural work in how he saves people through those ways come on that's amazing yeah it's so good yeah and um we're gonna unpack a bit more about that in in our one of our next episodes Uh, so good on just you know really confronting some of the obstacles yeah and those two obstacles are, are really strong and prevalent and i think fear yep. is the overall summary of those things yes yeah. um and it, it's interesting because i feel like for some people who have never shared jesus before with somebody mm-hmm. you wonder in that moment you so when someone hasn't had the opportunity to engage in a space of sharing jesus confidently mm-hmm in a time which is post their salvation. So let me cut it back. So coming back, you get someone who gets radically saved or just saved, just saved. They experience God's grace, forgiveness. They become a child of God. They become part of the family of God. They receive eternal life for, you know, beyond here. And it shifts them to this place where they're like, I've got to tell everybody. (laughs) And then you get 
30 years, three years, five years, whatever it is down the track, mm -hmm. and somehow it, it, it's lost its potency. Yes. What would you say to the person who's like, oh, I've been a Christian saved for five years and I can remember how many ever years, but I can remember when I was once passionate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I just, I, I don't know, I don't, that's not there anymore. <clears throat> what would you say to them? Well, we preach a lot of return to your first love, but the second part of what Jesus said, I think is even equally as important. He said, and do the first works. Mm. That was the, that was his, when he called the Ephesus church home to his heart, mm -hmm. he, he put works around it. Yep. And, and we don't get saved by works, but the discipline sustains our passion for God. So I would say that you've got to say to God, give me this love back. Yep. Give me one or two people that I can love deeply. You've got to come to the throne of God with that issue. You can't yeah. just make an internal decision like, okay, I'll just try this. Mm -hmm. It's got to go a little deeper than that because you'll try it and, and you'll, you'll just fade out of it again. Yep. Um, but come to God and say, God, help me to keep this fire alive inside my heart for someone to know God. Yeah. And then the second thing would be do the first work. So start stopping people. Yep. Start praying for somebody who's unsafe. Go to your home group and start carving out 10, 15 minutes at the end of home group to sit there with your home group leaders or your best friend at your home group and just pray together for 10, 15 minutes for your best friends to yeah. be both saved and, and start to have some kind of accountability and joy and connection in the whole thing. You've got to bring it into your world, in other words. Yep. A lot Come of on. revelation happens here. It does go into the heart. It changes and reforms the heart, but it has to become cellular. It has yeah. to become part of your life. So, so doing the first works. And uh, if you've never done the first works, you yeah. know, like you've never told anyone about Jesus or you just remember that you did like 10 years ago when you first yeah. got saved, um, I just encourage you to get around burning people. Come on. Go tell your pastor. Go tell, tell a close friend. Say, I really need to see someone born again. I, not because I want a number in heaven, but I need the heart of God again. Yeah, come and, on. Uh, and they will help you. So good. Yeah. If I was so in church good. with them, I'd definitely help them. Awesome. So. <laughs> no, nah, come on. That's so yeah, good. Yeah. Hey, listen, could you pray for the listeners today as yeah. they're engaging? The content we've heard about the Father's heart yes. and, the, and understanding his desire for people to get saved yeah. um, and just hearing your story. Could you just pray for them? our listeners today and be encouraged? Yeah, absolutely. Father, I thank you for every person that is going to listen Jesus. to this and watch this. Yeah. God, I thank you. The yoke is easy when it comes from heaven. And I pray that there'd be such profound grace yes. to win, even if it's only yes, one God. or two people in the next year to the Lord. I pray Jesus. such profound grace would come upon people to go, wow, that's not hard. And that's not an evangelist thing. That's me and my father Jesus. God's thing where we're going to yeah. find someone he loves in the same way he yes. loved me. God, I pray that the grace that, that we carry sitting here in this room, I Jesus. pray it would come through the airwaves, it come yes. into their ears. Yes. Go over their thoughts, Lord, over their heart and change them on the inside. Let them become motivated by Jesus. the heart of God. And Lord Jesus, I pray that any disqualifying mm -hmm. statements or any disqualifying little mindsets or Jesus. anything where they hear a soundbite sort of teaching, it goes out the other ear because the next soundbite comes in. Yeah. Anything that, that sort of blocks them from receiving the fruit that they're called to, especially in their family being born again or their wow. friends being born again. I pray, Father God, Jesus. remove those blockages yes, and help them, Lord, to be so set on fire Ooh. and to do the first works, to live in that kind of love for Jesus where you go after Jesus. somebody. And God, I thank you. I bless them and I bless the testimonies that are to come. And I just feel to say this sentence mm. into your heart as you're receiving this prayer. No one is too far from God. No one is too hard for God. So whoever Jesus. it is that the Holy Spirit is highlighting to you, Amen. start with them. 
in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you so much for that, Pastor Ben. It's incredible. Hey, I want to thank you all for joining us today and for listening. But can I encourage you to take a moment right now to think and to pray about how you can take the next steps forward to sharing Jesus confidently (laughs) and actually trust that God wants to use you in this space. And until our next episode, why don't you subscribe and share this content with somebody who'll be just as encouraged and just as challenged. Thank you for joining us on the SJC podcast.